It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing, and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go off and running on this third day of November 2022. This is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That, of course, is where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. All time zones in between and the Great Glow Ground. And whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening live. Thank you for listening in whatever manner you so choose. Because you are the reason that this network exists. Thank you. Hi, I'm Robin. I'm uh, in, a, in a considerably, well, not better frame of mind, just less agonizingly worried. Um... Our granddaughter is home. I went over and got mama and daddy and baby at the hospital earlier today. And she's still a sick little girl. But she is a better sick little girl who doesn't need to be in the hospital. And so that is so, so huge. And I cannot thank you enough for all the, all the kind wishes, all the care, all the concern. Um... Like I said, if you pop into the chat room, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers. That's Anatole and Irish Dave and Squeaky and Theo. And Theo says, been worrying about Lily and you and the family all night. Thank you. Didn't mean to worry anybody, but we were scared pretty well witless ourselves. Um, when they start talking about shipping your little five-month-old grandbaby out to somewhere out of state, it... Well, I think it, I think that would I think it would scare the daylights out of anybody. But they didn't, and they haven't, and so they gave her a big old one-time dose of. Uh, I mean, how big can a dose of steroids be for a uh, for 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 a five-month-old? But uh, and they they said you know it, it, basically she won't get another dose for another six days or something. You know, I guess four days now. But she's she's better, and I have never been so happy to see a, a face 
I don't think, in all my days. And she's resting, and her mama is doting over her, and her grandma is doting over her, and and, and, and her daddy is fussing over her, and the, the happiest person, the happiest person in this whole house, I think, is her big sister, who's five. And when I told her I was going to get her baby sister and bring her home, well, we've all heard the we've 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 all heard the term "jump for joy," but I don't know if I've ever seen it in practice, because she squealed and she smiled and she laughed, and she jumped for joy and said, "Lily is coming home." So that was that was just a beautiful thing, and I thank you all, and. Um, on this third day of November, we send out happy birthday wishes. A big old happy birthday to uh, our pal Christopher out in Oregon. Um, I hope you have a fabulous day, Christopher. I was just—I uh, hope it's the most wonderful birthday you've ever had, and you—you uh, you celebrate it to its fullest. I had a note uh, from Christopher saying, uh, firstly, I wanted to address. Uh, the passing of Darlene's mom. I was heartbroken when I heard of her mom's passing. I know all of us who've been through what she's currently going through can only offer love and condolences. What you mentioned to her on the show the other day was so well put. It never gets better. It just hurts an itsy bitsy bit less with each passing day. And uh, uh, it, it, talking about little Junie. He said, Christopher said, that was scary news. Love goes out from me to your whole family for her speedy recovery. Thank you, Christopher. Um, and said that uh, his family is swinging by with goodies and presents for his birthday uh, later today. So that'll be a blast. I hope you enjoy it so much. He said, I made it to 51, though I'm not exactly sure how. I'm luckier than nine alley cats with nine lives each, I tell you. I think I know how. I think I know how. Goodness and decency have to count for something, Christopher. Hope to be on the porch tomorrow. Love to you and the whole Horn family. Thank you, Christopher. We'll be looking for you. And uh, so, seriously, the very happiest of birthdays. Um, um, and... Uh, Thanks go out, of course. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. And so we uh, we start with thanks to our third day of the month subscribers. And that means we say thank you. Um, we say thank you to uh, Bill in Allentown, and we thank you to Jean. Say thank you to Jean and Anne across the pond, and thank you to Stephen. Thank you to John. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. I have two challenges for the table. Um, one is a two-for-one challenge. An anonymous friends, an anonymous friend says uh, a two-for-one match. I'll put up two hundred and fifty bucks if the community will put up one hundred and twenty-five. So there's that. That's a heck of a bargain. And then Cat in Ohio with a note said, uh, 
Here you go. I challenge 100 bucks for my 69th birthday on the 5th. Most of my friends are dead. I'm still here, so celebrate. Uh, also, according to my calendar, full moon on the 8th, election day. So hopefully this will be bad for Republicans on voting day. We can only hope. Take care and hug, hug Junie when you can. Cat, thank you, Cat. Thank you so much. There has been a, there's been a, a lot of a lot of hugs and 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 just reaching down and patting her little shoulder and and I got a smile from her and it was absolutely magic. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Fundraising goal was at uh, 275 because we actually got ahead by by 25 bucks. So if those two challenges are met, we'll be into Friday, Friday on the front porch. Who knows? It maybe maybe we'll even get to the point of a of a fundraising free Friday on the front porch, and that would be beautiful. I'd love that. Um, so um, we we've got uh, two hundred and twenty five dollars we need to raise to make a total of um oh God siphon so two twenty five <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd be, yeah, we'd, we'd actually be done for the week if we can meet those challenges. Thank you. Thank you both. And Darlene says, thank you for those kind words, Christopher. And very relieved about your granddaughter, Robin. And uh, Christopher, I'm wishing you a wonderful birthday celebration with your fam. Don't party too little. What a great line. Wait a minute, that's the first cowbell of the evening. Don't party too little. That's oh, I think <laughs> that might make an excellent tattoo. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So um, here we are at the beginning of the program, and uh, uh, where to start? I, you know, I saw this yesterday. I didn't have time to get to it, but uh, I saw uh, there's a guy named Phil Boas who writes for the Arizona Republic, who took note of the fact that. Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema didn't show up for the the uh, rally where Barack Obama spoke in Arizona. Um, he 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 spoke at the Cesar Chavez High School in Phoenix, alongside gubernatorial candidate Secretary of State Katie Hobbs and Senator Mark Kelly, and Democratic Attorney General candidate Chris Mays. And Secretary of State candidate Adrian Fontes uh, and uh, Kathy Hoffman, who was running for school superintendent. Every, basically, everybody on the statewide part of the Arizona ballot was there. But somehow, Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema couldn't, maybe she couldn't find the Cesar Chavez High School. Maybe that's what it was. Let's try to be maybe a little charitable here or something. Um, well, uh, Phil Boas, writing at the Arizona Republic, said uh, the following. One poll has shown that 54% of likely Arizona Democratic primary voters have what the poll calls a very unfavorable view of Curtsy and Kirsten Cinema. Left-wing vitriol aimed at cinema is a gusher on the Internet, he said. 
She is probably the most detested politician in the country today. And when I read that line, she is probably the most detested politician in the country today, the first thing that popped to my mind was, um, Phil, buddy, Joe Manchin would like a word. Here we are in a battle to figure out who's the most despicable Democratic senator in the country. Now, to be fair... Yes, in, 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 Dante's, in Dante's hell, the lowest level, the ninth circle, is reserved for the betrayers. But the fact of the matter is, as awful as those two are, and I'm not making excuses, as awful as those two are, they are head and shoulders better than any of the Republicans in that body. So there's that. Uh But uh, I'm sorry, I just said Joe Manchin would like a word. So we, um, that's it, just a sort of a little bitty starting place. Um, Flavio tells us, actually, November 7th to the 8th, 2022, total lunar eclipse, a so-called blood moon. Um, I have friends who are going up to Salem, Massachusetts on exactly that date. Um, just for the purpose of being, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Bernadette. Bernadette says, subject line, Lily. It broke my heart to hear your baby, your your grandbaby had RSV. So glad to hear Lily's home. May you all be blessed with healing energy for Lily. She'll get better with all the love. Stay safe, my sweet sister. Blessings for all, Bernadette. Thank you, Bernadette. The 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 beautiful spirit that manifests itself in this community is almost beyond description it's 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 magnificent and it's wonderful and it spreads broad and deep and is it, it's it's palpable it's palpable uh, going back to curtsy and kirsten cinema Stephen New York says, maybe she pulled a jill stein and ended up oh i'd almost forgotten that one hold on Maybe she pulled a Jill Stein and ended up in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, she took, yeah, she took a wrong time at Albuquerque. Pismo Beach, here we are, Pismo Beach, and all the clams we can eat. That's true. Uh, uh, Ralph says, when you say despicable, you have to say it like Daffy Duck. You're despicable. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have to now 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 I have to uh, spray the spray the m microphone windscreen with uh, uh, antiviral spray. We're all about that right now. Uh, but it's a it's another it's another good day this third day of November because uh, Nitwit Nero, who claims he always win always wins, never settles. Uh, well, yeah, he's lost again. Julius Geezer has lost in New York as a uh, New York trial court judge. They, 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 we've done, been over this. We've been over this before. In New York, they call it they call the trial court the Supreme Court. Uh, I, you know, could we modernize that, or is that something New Yorkers are proud of? I don't know. Just like getting it. But 
the trial court judge, Arthur Engeron, uh, granted a motion that was filed by the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, who asked for an appointment of an, append- an independent monitor to oversee the dealings of the Trump Organization. It's all tied in with the $250 million lawsuit against the uh, family company, as well as his children, Donald Jr. and Iwanka uh, Madaddy Trump Kushner and Eric the Dumber. Uh, the fraud lawsuit is for like a quarter of a billion dollars. But the, uh, the best part of it was by way of explaining his uh, his rationale for appointing the independent monitor, he spent pages upon pages upon pages, um, yes, explaining himself, but also, in a way, penning a crushing brief against that skeevy, fly-by-night, dodgy outfit. Judge Engeron wrote, although for present purposes the court need not detail every instance of fraud found in the record, the following examples are particularly compelling. And uh, then he started writing about uh, the Trump Tower triplex, the Trump Park Avenue rent-stabilized apartment, uh, 40 Wall Street, and of course, Maga Loco. Uh, he touched specifically on the uh, the uh, valuation of his tacky Baroque apartment in uh, Trump Tower, saying that, uh, uh, and the, this was you know you got to read the footnotes. They said it was 30,000 square feet. It's actually 10,996. And Judge Engeron, ever been before this guy, Steve? Said, it belies all common sense to assert that Mr. Trump, who resided in the triplex for over 35 years and who purports to be one of the top business people, because uh, they put scare quotes around it, one of the top business people, which means you have to use your stupid Trump impression when you read it. One of the top business people was not aware that he was overrepresenting the size of his home by nearly 200%. And then he dropped the, uh, dropped the rock. At the end of the ruling, he said uh, that, you know, the, 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 the gits of Trump are hereby preliminarily enjoined from selling, transferring, or otherwise disposing of any non-cash asset listed on the 2021 Statement of Financial Condition of Donald J. Trump. This court will appoint an independent monitor to be paid by the defendants. Ooh. And, and this, is a court of, this is a court of competent jurisdiction. He can actually make them write the check, and Nitwit Nero doesn't get to stiff this lawyer. Uh, for the purpose of ensuring compliance with this order. Uh, he made sure to, uh, Judge Engeron did, made sure to cross all of his I's and uh, dot all of his T's. Uh, footnote 3, 
As of 2012, the highest price ever paid for an apartment in New York City was $88 million, nearly $100 million less than Mr. Trump's valuation of his triplex. Oh, you don't know how fantastic it is. It's fabulous. It's beautiful. It's 30,000 square feet. Believe me. <sighs> uh, noting also that uh, uh, over the course of four years, Geezer Disgustus reported massive increases in the value of the triplex on his SFCs, reporting the value of the triplex as $200 million in 2013 and 2014, and miraculously rising to $327 million in 2015 and 2016. Defendant Alan Weisselberg, Mr. Weisselberg, the Trump or I love that that's in quotes. Uh, he should have gotten an AKA because that always sounds much more criminal. The Trump Organization's former chief financial officer testified under oath that the valuation overstated the apartment's value by, give or take, $200 million. Give or take $200 million. You, know, you, you, you start messing around with $200 million here and $200 million there, and pretty, pretty, pretty soon you're talking about some serious money, as uh, Everett Dirksen once quipped long, long ago. Uh, and thank you, thank you very kindly to uh, Ralphs and to Bernadette for getting us started on the challenges this evening. Uh, we've got $225 in challenges, and um, we are now down to uh, $180 in challenges. That's fantastic. Thank you, Bernadette, and thank you, Ralphs. Um, <laughs> no, no worries, Ralphs. Yeah, it's Daffy Duck. Um, well, how about that? Um, Steve in New York, speaking about the judge, uh, this is honestly, he's dumber than a sack of doorknobs, at least when I was in front of him. Well, uh, it, at least he's, it, he looked pretty literate in that opinion, that's all I can tell you. Um, it is thorn in the side Thursday. So, this seems like it fits well. Uh, it comes out of, the story comes out of the Memphis area. A, a woman and her husband went to a convenience store. Uh, the Moses Grocery in Fraser, Tennessee. And the woman explained in, an, in a TV interview that uh, they went in there just to buy a bag of potato chips. It's a convenience store. You do that. And so as they were paying for it, her husband accidentally dropped a quarter on the counter, and I guess it bounced or something. And uh, the guy was actually trying to put the change in the little, you know, the little change tray that sits by the, yeah, to make a... And, 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 and the clerk flipped out. The woman said, uh, and, and, and she did not give her name for fear of retaliation because Merka and Tennistan. She said when it bounced, he immediately went off. He was like, you, the news account, we don't know for sure what the words are, but we can guess pretty easily. You 
blanking punk blanks, why, why you throw that quarter like that? And then dude got his freedom protector out and told the man and his wife to leave. Just get the blank out of my store. I'm sick of y'all blanks. We know what that blank is, that y'all, you blanks is, don't we? Coming in my store, I'm sick of this shit. And the woman explained, as we was backing out, up out the door, that's when he slaps his head with an open hand. And then each clerk who was working in the store pulled a gun and followed them out to their car, threatening all the way to blow them away. And the woman said, I'm thinking I'm finna die. I'm thinking he's finna pull the trigger on me. And I'm trying to explain to him I didn't throw the money at him. They held us at gunpoint against our will and just constantly threatened us, calling us racist names. It's a hate crime. Interestingly, when contacted, the Memphis Police Department said they had been called 22 times to that store over the course of the past year. Um, and, of course, the uh, proprietors there at Moses Grocery, well, they didn't, uh, they didn't want to comment. Wow, wait, and, and I guess they're at Moses Grocery. They, uh, they, they, they sell that gas station pizza that I can't even get around here anymore you know, because they got their Hunt Brothers pizza sign up there. That's probably better that... Uh, probably better that I can't get Hunt Brothers pizza, but no, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd want to go to that grocery store and order a Hunt Brothers pizza with a side of lead. Jesus, these people. And then, of course, there's what happened. Oh, why we can't have nice things. There's what happened at a little... little donut shop. In... Uh, Oklahoma, Stan. This is terrifying. It was caught on video. And it shows an individual... Well, here, let, there's not a lot of Nat sound to go with it, but there is, a, there, there, there is an interview with a fire department uh, official afterward. This happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Stan. And I, you know... Again, forgive me, please. I don't deliberately focus on these stories. These stories are where America is right now. This happened on the same day, apparently, that President Biden, we, took, we listened to his remarks in the program yesterday, on the same day that he was decrying the spread of political violence in this country, somebody in a black hoodie with a MAGA hat on went to a place called the Donut Hole, I think. 
They had a ring camera there. And he's, this individual has a black hoodie on, a MAGA hat, the hood's pulled up, also has a ball bat, and there's something, something, something sitting on the picnic table. Surveillance video from the donut hole catches a person in dark clothing and a red hat walking up to the business around 2.30 this morning. Investigators say the person first puts a letter with anti-LBGTQ rhetoric on the door of a neighboring business, then uses a bat to smash through the glass door. Once it's broken, you can see the person light a Molotov cocktail, throw it inside, and take off. It's got, you know, chemical of some kind in it, uh, uh, is meant to spread fire quickly and cause uh, a great potential of damage. Tulsa firefighters say the homemade explosive did not spread and only caused minor damage inside. Well, okay, as long as it only caused minor, da minor damage, I guess it's okay to firebomb the donut hole. For the simple reason that they had hosted a drag show. Again, this is an example of stochastic terrorism at work in the United States of America. Matt Walsh, libs of TikTok, that person's been identified. I don't know why we keep referring to libs of TikTok when the name is out there. And, and, and various and sundry other maggots are of course whipping up uh, whipping people into a white and I do mean white hot frenzy over something that's been going on for oh you know four five hundred years or more um Mediaite, uh, had the story and the video if you want to see it. It's also on my Twitter timeline if you follow me on Twitter. <laughs> for once, <laughs> for once, the maggot who did this wore a mask. Only I'm pretty sure the maggot wasn't trying to avoid disease. He was trying to hide his uh, identity as he threw the mall. And, and, you know, used a baseball bat to bash in the, in, in the glass door of the donut joint. <sighs> yeah. It's not safe out there. You know, my friend Malloy closes most of his programs by saying, watch your back. It's not a bad idea. I'm more situationally aware than I've ever been in my life. But here we are. Meanwhile, over in France... The French government, under Emmanuel Macron, reminding us that they are a conservative government, no matter how much fun we had 
uh, watching Macron deal with Nitwit Nero. I read this story, uh, and it sort of took me back in time a little bit. Because I've seen something like what the, sto- what the story describes. The French government is having a hissy over people who want to protect clean air and clean water on La Belle France, particularly in the Saint-Soline in the uh, western Deux-Sèvres department. 4,000 people turned out against a, a, a water storage project, an agricultural water storage project, and uh, because a group of some 400 farmers want to build a network of 16 giant cisterns. And during the winters, they want to pump out groundwater and put it in their cisterns which will only benefit the 400 farmers. And, and then they, u- they use it for irrigation during the summer because as a result of climate change, that area of France has been experiencing severe drought in, um, in, in, in the not-too-distant past. But not, not being fooled, the climate activists understand that what this is is a full-scale assault on the commons and that these uh, corporate agribusinesses will work toward the work to the detriment of actual smallholder farmers because what they'll be doing is draining the aquifer during the winter months for their own benefit and everybody else can hang fire. Well, one of those independent farmers let protesters set up a, set up an encampment on his land and the, uh, the, the climate activists began building watchtowers and fences of what they call a village of Gauls. Reminiscent, perhaps, if you're a classics nerd girl like me, of the fortifications around the Gallic city of Alessia, where uh, Julius Caesar besieged uh, the, the, the rebel Gaul leader Vercingetorix. And uh, the climate activists said, well, we fully intend to to use them. It'll be a base for all types of harassment operations we're going to carry out if the construction continues. Among other things, uh, the protesters have torn out a water pipe that was to be used to fill one of the cisterns. And, of course, the French government... Uh, went, you know, full-scale, 200-proof, bruga, 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 and started barking and grunting about 
Eco-terrorism. No, 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 they dumbasses. The eco-terrorism is the agribusinesses stealing everybody's water. Come on. Y'all can get this. Not that hard. Uh, the, but uh, in France, over the last few years, uh, lefty and anti-capitalist uh, climate activists have built these things. They're called the uh, Zones to Defend, or ZADs, in order to um, uh, centralize their their um, activism against things like new airports and dams and, oh, nuclear power plants. And then the government sends in the cops and the climate activists get into it with the cops. The, the cops back in 2014 did manage to kill one of the protesters. And, uh, none of the, nothing in there about the cops being in any danger at any point in time. Gerald uh, Gerald Domenin is the uh, Minister of the Interior, and he said uh, a thousand police would remain on the site in uh, San. What is it? Uh, Saint Soline, and and said. No ZAD is installed in the Deux Sèvres department nor anywhere else in France. And went on to complain about the fact that the eco-terrorists, you know, the people who are protecting the clean air and the water, uh, were using fireworks and blunt objects to attack security forces on Saturday. Of course, there's no mention of anybody being hurt. But it was kind of it was kind of interesting to me when I read about these Zads, because I had the opportunity ten years ago to see one in the making, and it was amazing. They were um, in they were in uh, in Germany, down not too terribly far from Cologne, and they were trying to protect a thousand year old town that was about to be destroyed for the sake of the coal industry who wanted to put a giant um, strip mine where the town used to be because the thousand-year-old town was sitting on top of... And it wasn't even good coal. It was lignite. It was like carboniferous mud. <sighs> yeah. I don't know whatever became of that. But the uh, the determination of the young climate activists was laudable, heroic even, and they they built it was it, it was it was like something out of the Lord of the Rings. They built they built st- dwellings in the trees, and they dug a deep deep cellar uh, that would keep things refrigerated with no need for electricity. It was brilliant, really. And they said they were prepared to wait it out. And, of course, we've seen activism like this in the United States as well. Um, It was years ago now, but there was a tree sit by some activists near a mountaintop removal site here in West Virginia. 
wherein uh, the, the, the security assholes for Massey Energy brought in sonic weapons to try to torment the protesters out of the tree. Because they wanted to blow up another mountain. Jeez. God, Flavio, I don't even know if I can... uh, uh, Yeah, we can take a quick run at this. Flavio said, this is the saddest story I read today. I have an autistic nephew, and this story broke my heart. Um... It comes, of course, out of Utah, which is another old indigenous word for Alabama. It wasn't long ago that there was video that emerged from uh, students of the University of Southern Utah. Halloween time. Going into a Walmart in blackface. Well, this is... uh, This is even more horrifying and tragic. Isabella Izzy Titchener, 10 years old, black and autistic. Well, a 10-year-old killed herself last week. After her white classmates tormented her relentlessly. And it comes out of the the, uh, Davis School District in Farmington, Utah, where the Department of Justice noted in a a report recently released that black and Asian American students in that school district in Farmington, Utah, were harassed for years on end, and that the school district repeatedly ignored parents' pleas for help. School district's been under investigation since July 2019. A lawyer for the family, Tyler Ayers, speaking to CNN, said, uh, Izzy was a happy child. She was a happy little girl. She did well in school. All she wanted was to be connected with family and friends. And they found out, the parents did in September, that their little girl was being bullied. They found out because they found the little girl taking a bottle of Febreze to school. And they said, why, baby? And she said, because the other kids tell me I stink. And that her teacher had told her to sit by herself in the back of the classroom. And it wouldn't be a story of racism out of Utah without mention of the fact that the kids routinely used that word on little Izzy. So the parents went to the teacher. The teacher didn't give a damn. So they went to the principal. The principal sent them to the vice principal. And the vice principal didn't give a damn either. The school district issued the obligatory statement saying, the death of Izzy 
the death of Izzy? How about Izzy's death? Is tragic and devastating. Our hearts continue to be with the family, friends, and community who are grieving this loss. I don't think the problem was the friends and family who are grieving. I think the problem was the friends and family who weren't, who are stone-cold racists. The well-being of our students who are white, oh, I'm sorry, I added that part, will always be a priority, and we are committed to preventing this from happening in the future, either here on Earth or on Kolob. I added that part, too. Uh, there, there are 73,000 students enrolled in uh, that school district. Black and Asian students are about 1% each of that, so what is that? 730 black students and 730 Asian students. And a 10-year-old little girl was bullied to death. Because that's Mirka in the second year of the third decade of the 21st century of the Common Era. Yeah, we got to make America great again, right? Mm. <sighs> wow. Okay, let's go from uh, let's go from that horror to just plain creepy. There a uh, profile showed up in the Financial Times of uh, uh, white supremacist Florida Governor Ron Monkey Up DeClantis, who only became governor uh, the first time through with the help of real live no kidding Nazis and will probably have that same help again this time through. Uh, there were, but there was some anecdotal information in the profile about... Uh, Monkey Up's dating life before he married his uh, former newscaster bride, uh, Casey Black, in 2010. The profile goes all the way back to when Monkey Up was a an undergrad at Yale. Huh, wonder if he knew Brat Kavanaugh. Well, it turns out DeClantis was a deke, Delta Kappa Epsilon, a member of that fraternity, uh, you might recall that uh, George W. Bush was a deke back then. The Financial Times profile described it as a uh, an athlete-heavy club that featured barrels of beer and prominent former members, including the Bushes and, yes, Supreme Court Justice Brat Kavanaugh. And I guess he joined Deke because of those barrels of beer. Because remember, Brat Kavanaugh likes beer. So a guy named Charles Finch wrote a memoir of the pandemic 
what just happened, notes on a long year, and was and, and, and wrote about Monkey Up, who, by the way, got God only knows how many Floridians killed with his uh, with his COVID denial. Uh, Monkey Up's nickname back in the day was D. Very creative they are in the in the Deke house at Yale. And Monkey Up uh, was known for doing an uncanny impression of baseball star Jose Canseco. I'm trying to figure out how one even does an impression of Jose Canseco. And he would tell the girls that he went out with, I presume they were girls, that he liked thigh food. Apparently he meant Thai food, T-H-A-I, but, well, he was a Yale student, so he pronounced it thigh food. Jesus, really? And if the girl looked at him and said, oh, you mean Thai food? He'd figure out a way to bail out of the date because uh, he could not stand to be corrected by a woman. Jesus, these... God, he's an incel with money. He didn't want a girlfriend who corrected him. Wow. The headline of the story, by the way, was Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump with brains and without the drama. Thigh food? How much brains are on display there? Oh, well. It's... Well, if if you can't have a thigh food story about Ron Monkey up Declantis on Thorn in the Side Thursday, I don't know when you can. Going back to Izzy, Stephen New York said, "Fuckers didn't even offer their prayers. I guess those people aren't worthy of their prayer." Well, you got to remember, Izzy was black, and within the uh, with within the dogma of the Mormon Church. Uh, Black folks were not even considered to be fully human by the Mormon church until sometime around the mid-1970s. Because only complete humans could have leadership roles in the Mormon church, and that meant that, and that was a way for the Mormon church to make sure that there were no black Mormon leaders. And, you know, I didn't realize something until I was watching my Filthy Warning Habit today. Um, we were talking about New York earlier. I didn't realize that uh, Kathy Hochul is in a bit of a fight to retain her seat in uh, the governor's office. But she has a maggot opponent, and... New York is not immune to maggots. So, New Yorkers, please go vote. Early vote, vote by mail. Do whatever. For God's sakes, vote. And make sure that that ridiculous maggot does not get into the office in Albany. Eh. 
Doug Mastriano, however, in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Bama, uh, Bama Stan Vania, Vania Stan, is apparently falling way the hell behind uh, Josh Shapiro in the governor's race there. A lot of people are watching that race because he's a stone-cold fascist. And uh, he's uh, being a fascist. He's got some, well, the anti-Semitism is strong with him. So back uh, a little more than a week ago, he was at a press conference. And an Israeli reporter asked him about the fact that he's uh, pals with a guy named Andrew Torba who runs the website Gab, which is a right-wing fascist sewer, anti-Semitism all over the place. And so uh, the Israeli reporter asked him about Andrew Torba and Gab, and yes, so? And I mentioned this because we were talking about um, Monkey Up's relationships with women and uh, you know, he married a TV talking head back in 2010. Well, this is what transpired when the Israeli reporter asked the question. Your rivals, Jewish school, and previous associations you had with Gab social network. Yeah, so... Well, I would like to make a comment Please. on that real quick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and all the little fascist cheer because... Doug Mastriano, well, he was about to, uh, his, his, his wife understood that he was about to walk off, you know, I don't know, maybe start whistling the horse vessel lead. And uh, I would like to say something about that, said Mrs. Mastriano. Do, 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 do tell, ma'am, do tell. I'm just going to say as a family, we, we so much love Israel. In fact, I'm going to say we probably love Israel more than a lot of Jews do. I have to say that because, and the reason why I say that is because. Um, oh, tell us, tell us, Mrs. Mastriano, uh, how is it that you, uh, the spouse of a fascist, love Israel more? That, 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 take, that takes some brass to say that more than most Jews do. Well, they, they, they fetishize Israel. That's that's what it boils down to. We've talked about that in the past. These, yeah. Um, I've given, and Doug, we've given for, I would say, at least 10 years to outreach to Israel and Jerusalem. Um, we have, I have visited um, Israel, we say, for five years. We're just an average family. We're not wealthy, wealthy people. We yeah, yeah, but we visited Israel. Notice she pronounces Israel. Where in Pennsylvania are you from, honey? Are you from are are, are you from uh, the, the, the Arab Pennsylvania or maybe Birmingham Pennsylvania, Montgomery Pennsylvania? Maybe you're from Dothan Pennsylvania, <laughs> Israel, Israel. We love Israel, and we give to Israel and Jerusalem. What? How do you do that? Just curious. But 
I sensed that she knew her husband was about to go off on the Israeli reporter talking about what a fine, fine human being Andrew Torba is. Wasn't she just on? Wasn't she just uh, uh, Janie on the spot though? I got something to say about that. <sighs> She's from Russellville, Pennsylvania. Huntsville, Pennsylvania. Mobile, Pennsylvania. But it, it doesn't matter. Because you heard how everybody cheered when she stepped up. If Doug Mastriano showed up in one of those spiffy Hugo Boss uh, uh, Waffen SS black uniforms and Goose stepped into the room, those fuckers would still be cheering. And that's a fact. Um, I think I think somehow I think Doug Mastriano's uh, uh, well took it. He took he took a hit to his. Uh, manhood quotient on his D&D &D character, I guess. And speaking of Israeli reporters, Brother Deacon uh, Asa reminds us, and fascists, looks like uh, Psycho Bibi is going to be at the helm once again in Israel. we got to say it that way now. Israel. I'm just trying to s figure out how to spell it the way they spell it there in the Mastriano home, Israel. I guess that's I-Z-R-U-L-L, -L, Israel. Uh, Stephen New York pointing out, they love Israel more than most Jews. They don't love the Jewish people. The, the Jews! Sorry, I'm, I'm, under, I'm under contract to Brother Deacon Asa to say it that way. Uh, they love the actual land because they think Jesus is going to clear all them Jews off their land when he done comes back. And he's going to show up and he's going to be pissed. Y'all better bow and acknowledge me as the Messiah. It what? You won't? Oh, okay. Uh, Y'all get with it. Stick him. Gig him. However you got to do it. Go go, go for it. Goodbye me. Yay! They, they yell. Uh, uh, yes, Brother Deacon Asa. I-Z-R-U-L-L. -L, Israel. I swear she's... Maybe she, maybe she's from Tupelo or Corinth or Iuka, Pennsylvania, Israel. Because I promise you, that's how they pronounce it in the churches of Christ and the and the Baptist churches down that way, Israel. Jesus, these people. And the, the, there's some uh, there's some kind of happy news out there. Uh, some leaders of True the Vote have been uh, hauled off to the clink. Uh, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, to be particular, are under a court order to identify a man that they've claimed is an FBI informant. Uh, in a defamation case. 
there's a technology company called Connect, K-O-N-N-E-C-H, not to be confused with Connect a Sausage, C-O-N-E-C-U-H. I guess I just got it on the brain, y'all. Uh, and Connect sued True the Vote in defamation. They said that True the Vote's been running around uh, targeting the company in a social media campaign that's gone viral that's doing harm to their business. What is, what is this, tortious interference with business relations? Really? You don't hear that every day. No, I guess it's just defamation. But uh, in typical form here in the uh, second year of the third decade of the 21st century of the common era, well, uh, this stochastic terrorism campaign has resulted in the CEO of Connect and his family receiving a lot of death threats. So, uh, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote said, some guy, you know how it goes, some guy, um, sir, why are you uh, running away with that television set? Ah, some guy gave it to me. Um, Any idea who he got? No, no, he just said here. Some guy that they say is an FBI agent, uh, helped them to investigate the company on their claim that Connect gave poll worker information to Jaina. The CEO of Connect, by the way, is a guy named Eugene Yu. And, of course, you know, there's a core of truth. There's a teeny tiny little case. And Eugene Yu is accused of, um, of, of releasing a small number of county employee voter data to China. So they took that and they ran wild with it. And they have, um, well... The thing is, I wonder, and I hate it when I do, but sometimes I, my memory is such that stories that we've already covered tend to stick in my head for a little while before it gets replaced with, like, Steely Dan lyrics or something. And uh, we had the story a couple of weeks ago from a high-ranking deputy director or deputy assistant director, something like that, of the FBI, who said that he had to work hammer and tongs to get rank-and-file FBI employees to understand that the terrorist attack on the Constitution and the capital of the United States of America on January 6th was not okay. Apparently, there are a shit ton of maggots squirreled away inside the FBI. Uh, Well, I don't know, but the judge did order... Uh, Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht to disclose the identity of the unknown FBI agent 
who you would think if he was helping them uh, uh, investigate Kanak would at least give him a name. You know, um, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Richard. Richard Smoker. Friends call me Big Dick. Yeah, Big Dick Smoker. That's me. Even if it was a fake one. But they won't. And so they've been... Uh, they've been stuffed in the clink. This is the same true the vote that's behind that stupid film, uh, that fantasy film that we uh, talked about last night. True the uh, 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 2,000 mules about the stuffing of of, of uh, ballot boxes that didn't happen. Well, you know, um, Kath and Greg, I hope they gave you a tin cup that you can rake back and forth across the bars and yell, You dirty screws! And, of course, it's a grift. They're, they're working it entirely for the purpose of making a buck. Thorn in the side Thursday. Not like I didn't tell you. And we were talking about anti-Semitism a moment ago. The FBI has warned synagogues in New Jersey of what they call credible broad threats. The uh, FBI's Newark, New Jersey office said in a statement on social media, the FBI has received credible information of a broad threat to synagogues in New Jersey. We ask at this time that you take all security precautions to protect your community and facility. Stay alert. Uh, the, only, the, only, the only thing that they would say on the down low was, no, it's not a bomb threat. Apparently they're saving the Molotov cocktails for the donut shops that host drag shows. I hope they take it seriously. And by the way, there's really no need to uh, no need to say this, but the credible threats are not coming from the left. <laughs> what left? <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, Tulsi Gabbard and the left. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's scary. It is scary. Jews have a right to be nervous. Every marginalized community in this country has a right to be nervous right now. Because it's a case of when they tell, tell you who they are, believe them the first time. The only people maggots don't hate is other maggots. And even some of those eh, can get a little sketchy. But they despise Jews. They despise Muslims. They despise Hindus. 
They despise black people. They despise Latinx people, um, whom they all think are from Mexico. Never mind, never, the maggots have never heard of Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama, Colombia. No. But Mexicans, they hate the LGBTQ QQIA plus community. They are defined by their hate. And when someone says, I love America, and then proceeds to tell you who they hate, not a lot of love going on. But I don't have to say that. We know. And by the way, we are... uh, uh, we are past the top of the first hour, and that means I've filibustered for an hour now. If anybody wants to get in, 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 into the conversation and participate, you are mightily welcome and heartily welcome, so to do. Skype is Bob Kincaid Horn, and uh, 304-574-8178 also rings into that line. And the stress line, of course, is... Eight four four eight four three four six seven six eight four four the horn, and uh, if you've got something you need to you know, burr, un- burr under your saddle or be under your bonnet, that's a great way to deal with it. Uh, some guy, some FBI guy, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, Catherine Engelbrecht, Greg Phillips story. Uh, Stephen New York says, yeah, probably Richard Cranium. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, and since we've been wandering around in the fever swamps of the law, uh, Steve just pointed out to me, yeah, Nitwit Nero has sued Letitia James, the attorney general of the state of New York, Curiously, he sued her in Florida, claiming that she has a relentless, pernicious, public, and unapologetic crusade because she actually did her job as Attorney General of New York and sued uh, Air, uh, 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 the Trader Tot and Eric the Dumber and, of course, Precious Princess uh, Iwanka, my daddy, Trump Kushner. thing is, he filed it in a state trial court in Florida, um, claiming that uh, uh, the attorney general's suit will cause great harm, great harm, believe me, great harm to the Trump organization and the brand and the reputation Extraordinary wrongdoing requires extraordinary relief. That's actually the beginning of the complaint. Somebody didn't do real good in civil procedure and legal writing. The language, though, is for the ages. Stephen New York pointed out, I wonder if counsel for the parking garage knows anything about that little, little doctrine called jurisdiction. Because the circuit court in Florida has no jurisdiction whatsoever over the attorney general in New York, not even a little bit. 
not even, and this is a complicated, really it is a complicated legal phrase, not even a scintilla juris. James has abused her position as Attorney General for the state of New York, believe me, to pursue a relentless, pernicious, public and unapologetic crusade against President Trump, a resident of Palm Beach County, Florida, with the stated goal of destroying him personally, financially, and politically. At no point in time, let's be clear here, did Attorney General Letitia James ever say, and yes, we're filing this fraud suit against the Trump Organization today uh, to destroy Donald Trump personally, financially, and politically. See, she would have had to say that in order for that to be her stated goal. Suffice it to say that these actions are contrary to both the laws of New York and Florida. She could virtually destroy Trump's highly profitable Florida properties. Because the lawsuit does contain allegations that, well, he overvalued his tacky, bedbug-infested uh, shithole property down there at Magaloco. Now, one would think, but again, it's Florida, which after November the 8th may possibly become an entirely fascist, blood-red state. I was reading a thread earlier today by a bunch of um, girls like me who were saying, no, we're getting out, we're leaving. We don't know where we're going, but we're leaving. Um, it's scary down there. And not just for the LGBTQ community. You know, Ron Monkey Up DeSantis kidnaps asylum seekers and flies them off to Martha's Vineyard because he thinks that's funny. I wonder if maybe they talked about pranks like that, say, in the Deke house. Um, and then, and, and, and you know, it's, you hear this language from this stupid complaint, and you know this is something that he has drafted and hired some pettifogger to file. Um, That black woman would not have filed a suit if I were not le if if Trump was not leading in the polls by substantial margins against both Democrats and Republicans. Yeah, sure. And and we have not missed any payments either. No banks have missed any payments. None. So he files this dumbass suit, and the next day, the judge in the suit in New York says, "No, nah, you know, I really don't trust the Trump Organization to monitor. No, we're, we're going to have an independent monitor." And it, it, it as Steve points out, it's nothing but a fundraising grift, but it is. Uh, you can hear the words just tumbling out of his festering gob. 
and there's a there's a problem with using a lawsuit as a fundraising grift. And unless he signed it pro se, that is representing himself, I'm sure Florida has something that resembles Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 11 that says that all pleadings filed before the court must be in good faith and must not be done for purposes of delay or harassment and must be based upon either existing law or an argument, uh, a credible argument for changing existing law. Maybe it won't happen. But before they even get to the Rule 12 motion to dismiss for failure to state a claim upon which relief can be granted, it seems like a Rule 11 motion would be more than more than appropriate. And, well, I don't know. It's Florida. He's probably forum shopped again to try to find somebody... But there's not a, there's not a lot of love being that's the thing there's not a lot of love being lost between uh, Julius Geezer and Ron Monkey Up DeClantis these days because Monkey Up is still trying to decide whether he wants to uh, run potentially if Nitwit Nero gets in the race run against Nitwit Nero in the Republican primary in 2024. And now, of course, Nitwit Nero has responded to the ruling in New York Supreme, you know, trial court. A puppet judge. Statement of Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. God, how can we miss you if you won't go away? A puppet judge of the New York Attorney General and other sworn enemies of President Trump and the Republican Party has just issued a ruling never before seen anywhere in America. It is communism. Come to our shores. I wonder if, kind of makes you wonder if maybe the Uline family are sitting out there somewhere going, yeah, 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 that's definitely communism. Yes, it is. Yes, yes. So, um, the judge has issued a ruling... So no judge has ever issued a ruling ordering monitoring of asset transfers from a company. No judge ever. I'm thinking that's not true. Businesses will be fleeing New York, believe me, which they already are. I'm not kidding. For other states and other countries. Oh, really? The New York Stock Exchange is going to go to Texas? That ought to be fun. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the New York Stock Exchange will become the Palm Beach Stock Exchange. We could, turn, we could do it all in Mar-a-Lord-Ass. We could do it, yes. Today's ridiculous ruling by a politically motivated hand-picked judge makes it even more vital for courts in both New York and Florida to do the right thing and stop this inquisition. We have to fight back against radical tyranny to save our country. Stoke the stroke, y'all. Stoke the stroke. Uh, Matt in San Francisco pointing out, Trump's law firm, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Hard to believe any lawyer would take him as a client. 
Oh, maybe some of them he pays cash. That's that's my best guess. He's got he's got two lawyers right now. One who looks the, the vaguely like melanoma, and another who looks uh, got her hair cut and colored to look like Iwanka, you know, with that that straight blunt cut that. Uh, Oh, what was her name? I re- referenced her on the program a couple of weeks ago. You know, the girl singer for Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Yeah, I, I don't think I've got time to... Thank you. That, that'll, that should make for some light reading after the program. The Florida Complaint, Steve sends that along. I don't think, I don't, I don't think the, the Horn Family Community Congregation could bear me reading that entire screed in my god-awful disgusting makes everybody want to put the dip their head in a bucket of lie and walk off a cliff nitwit nero voice uh bernadette with a note subject line maggots the cure for the maggot virus is your vote vote early if you can if you have to go to the polls take what documents are necessary stay in line wear a mask do not be intimidated Voter suppression is a maggot symptom. Resist it. Ask for a provisional ballot if need be. Do not leave until you vote. Voting is the cure on November 8th. Remember in November, and here we are. You're right. Of course, if they if if they cha- if, if someone challenges you, uh, probably don't take the provisional ballot. Walk away and go and call. Uh, what is it, Randy Radar? Eight hundred hour vote, or call your Secretary of State's office, because if you have established residency, you damned well have a right to vote where you're supposed to vote. And using provisional balance ballots as a as a result of a challenge is typical. Janice, thank you, thank you, Lady B. Janice, yeah, yeah. Iwanka and and uh, Alina Hubbub both have Janice haircuts. I don't think my my hair could ever be straight enough to. But never mind. Um, Lady B adding uh, the FBI. Y'all remember that movie Mississippi Burning? Willem Dafoe and Gene Hackman did a great job in it. The problem is, none of that happened the way the movie portrayed it. The movie industry has been heavily influenced by law enforcement agencies and the military to make them look good. They come off looking like heroes when they're not. There's always been racism within law enforcement, always. And with the advent of the Internet, cell phones, and social media, everyone, not just minorities, are seeing their true faces. Watch your mouth on the Internet, keep your doors locked, and keep whatever protection that you have handy. We blacks have known that shit for years. Welcome to the party, pal. (sighs) Yeah, not wrong. Not wrong. And uh, by the way, uh, Darlene, uh, going back to uh, Psycho BB. Psycho BB, Keskisay. No singing, Robin. Yeah, BB keeps turning up like a bad Benjamin. Sorry, that was awful. Let me apologize ahead of time. Yes, apology accepted. Um, 
And uh, thanks, Darlene. Darlene tells us uh, Paul Pelosi has been released from the hospital six days after the hammer attack. All of my feeds were splattered with, David DePape was in the United States illegally. Well, if he was in the United States illegally, he was in the United States illegally during the uh, in company, during dur- during the uh, presidency of Nitwit Nero, um, Barack Obama, George W. Bush. Or at least the timeline certainly makes it look that way. Pelosi, 82, has been hospitalized since being attacked early on the morning of October 28th. He underwent surgery last week to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hands, expected to make a full recovery, according to the Speaker's office. I don't know how you make a full recovery from something like that at the age of 82. Lady B said, when I hear Bernadette's name, I always think of the Four Tops song, Bernadette. She knows what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. All right. And uh, I think you're right. Ralph says, I'm going to assume that Trump is hoping for a favorable judge in Florida. Well, yeah, but it's also because he's fresh out of remedies in New York. Nobody's buying his bullshit. So if he can find some maggot judge, in, because Florida is, and, and no one can confirm this like an actual citizen of Florida, Florida gets more maggoty by the day. Uh, Scary Jerry's been hiding out on Big Pine Key, but I expect he could confirm that with little effort at all. So now, having reached the halfway point of the program with $180 to go in fundraising, to wipe out fundraising for today and tomorrow, which is amazing, um, if we could do that, it would be huge. Please don't let $180 uh, matching challenge go by the boards. If you can, if if you can help, don't hurt yourself. Never, nobody should ever hurt themselves. Uh, helping keep the program on the air. But if you can, a hundred and and a big chunk of that is a two for one matching challenge. One hundred and twenty-five bucks turns into two hundred. Uh, well, one hundred and twenty-five bucks gets matched with two hundred and fifty. That's tremendous. Oh, on program note, um, Stephen New York mentioned this to me, and I think it's a good idea. Sounds fun. Um, this Tuesday, November the 8th, um, Steve suggested we have a virtual barbecue on the front porch for Election Eve. Of course, given the... And, and I think it, I think it's fun. Um, given the... Given the hours that this program is on the air, we won't know much of anything, but they're held by 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Tuesday the 8th. We may uh, it, we may wind up talking about the massive outbreaks of fascist maggot violence all across the country. So, yeah, let's do a front porch on Tuesday, November the 8th, and it'll be a virtual barbecue, and... We can talk about the things that we have virtually barbecued. Maybe maybe I'll go outside and put some uh, Kaneka on the grill, real Kaneka, and you can and, and, and you can hear the snap when uh, 
uh, when, 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 I, when I break the pieces off of it, because it really does, it snaps. It's very good. All right, halfway point of the program, it being Thursday, we have Brad and, uh, Brad and Desi and the Green News Report. I wonder if they'll have the uh, French Zads in the, uh, in the mix. Better yet, uh, in response to Bernadette, better yet, says Brother Deacon Asa, open carry to your polling station. It's a God-given right, after all. I, I, I don't know if it is. I don't think you can open carry to the polling place. Um, may try to early vote tomorrow. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Green News Report, right? What you got for us, Brad and Desi? It's Thursday, November 3, 2022. It's a, a disaster of monumental uh, dimensions. Humanitarian crisis worsens in Central Africa amid massive flooding. Toxic air pollution 10 times worse in communities of color. Plus, in addition to lowering costs and creating jobs, this investment will also help us fight the climate crisis. Biden administration invests billions to help lower home heating costs. Winter is coming. All of those stories and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. This was a high-stakes election because Bolsonaro is known for embracing fascism and overseeing a surge in deforestation in the Amazon. And as any Brazilian will tell you, deforestation should happen only along the bikini line. (laughs) Are we working blue now? I think we're working blue now. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, thank you for covering this story in Africa. Yes, unfortunately, shocking new satellite images have revealed the widespread devastation caused by massive flooding across West and Central Africa. Record intense seasonal rains in October linked to man-made climate change have submerged farmland in 19 countries, destroying crops, displacing millions, and spreading waterborne diseases. In Nigeria, the floods are among the worst in that country's history history with flood victims now forced to drink and use contaminated flood waters despite the risk of cholera. The United Nations has requested more international aid to mitigate the growing humanitarian crisis. Are they going to get it? We'll see. Here in the U.S., it's been known for decades that communities of color are exposed to more toxic air pollution than predominantly white communities. But a new study out this week has found that racially segregated communities are also exposed to far higher concentrations, specifically of airborne toxic metals like lead, nickel, and chromium from nearby industry Mm. at a rate nearly 10 times higher. The study also confirmed that overall, communities of color bear a disproportionate burden of pollution, breathing double the levels of all types of air pollution than more well-integrated communities. Mm. 
In Southern California, a new study concludes that nearly a third of the Southern Sierra Nevada's forests have been lost to drought, fire, and insect infestations over the last 10 years. A third? Yes. Overall, the researchers found 85% of the Southern Sierra's mature forests lost density, with some areas shifting permanently into non-forest vegetation like shrubs. That sucks. That's one of my favorite places to go camping. In other news, the U.K.'s new Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, has reversed course and is now no longer too busy to attend the next U.N. Climate Treaty Summit in Egypt in a few days. He issued a statement saying there is, quote, no long-term prosperity without action on climate change. So he was going to try to duck out before? Oh, yes, he did. Well, you know, the one thing that Boris Johnson was not terrible on was actually the climate. Am I right? You are correct. And Green Party Parliament member Caroline Lucas agrees. Well, of course, I'm glad he's made another screeching U-turn. But what an embarrassment. What an embarrassment that he's had to be shamed into doing the right thing, maybe for fear of being upstaged by Boris Johnson, who is going to the, to the climate summit. And what a failure of leadership. Yeah, totally. They ought to get a new prime minister in Great Britain. Another one? Why not? It's been a week since the latest one. Some good news. No, the U.S. is not on the verge of running out of diesel fuel, despite some very scary headlines. Energy experts say no, the U.S. will not run out of diesel despite a temporarily tight supply, which is primarily due to the slow reopening of refineries that were closed during the pandemic. So life is not coming to a screeching halt here in the U.S. Correct. Someone let Fox News know, please. More good news. The Biden Interior Department has selected the first two areas for offshore wind development in the Gulf of Mexico, clearing the way for wind projects off the coast of Louisiana and Texas to begin. Nice. I hope there are no dangerous wind spills in the Gulf. Finally, Vice President Kamala Harris was in Boston on Wednesday to announce new funding to help Americans afford higher fossil fuel heating costs this winter, boosting reserves for the low-income home energy assistance program to help cover heating costs and utility bills. In addition, $9 billion from the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act will also go to help homeowners electrify their homes by cutting the upfront cost of weatherizing and upgrading for energy efficiency, including next-generation electric heat pumps, water heaters, and more. By helping families pay the upfront cost for energy efficiency upgrades to their homes, we are also lowering energy bills, bringing down household costs, creating jobs, and fighting the climate crisis. Sounds terrible. Winter is coming. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.brandblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. Yeah, okay, so this is just a uh, little observation have it, we've been watching House of the Dragon, and uh, every time that theme music starts, it reminds me of the opening theme music to the Stars series, which I really enjoyed. Um, Black Sails, those first few, those first couple of measures, it, it, it's to my ear, it's almost identical. I don't know if. It, you know, we've got 
I know we've got musicians out there and people, but it, it just it does. And I wonder I wonder if they're well. Anyway, uh, note coming in from Jack in Shreveport. Just on MSNBC, I heard on Ari Ari Berman's show, Michael Moore, as a recovering Catholic and seminarian, said SCOTUS had issued a religious edict when rendering the Dobbs decision on abortion. I'm just sending this due to you mentioning the religiosity of the decision, and Moore's almost no company in the media mentioning that aspect of the court in general, and specifically in this decision. Well, you know, here we are, we few, we happy few, this small band, um, and we're so far ahead of the curve, it feels like being on straight roads. Of course it was a religious edict. Of course it was. The Dobbs decision gives it, well it was it was it was a wish list that came straight from the well the Federalist Society of course but also from the US Conference of Catholic Bishops plain and simple so well hi mike and as far as Kaneka on the grill is concerned for our barbecue on the front porch for election night um Steve says that's fine but there better not be any gloating no, there's not going to be gloating, Steve. It's going to be grilling and sizzling and snapping. Hmm. Okay, let's uh, let's run over to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. You recognize the area code, Robin? Uh, no, I don't. I don't get area codes. Hey, Ken. Oh, okay. Yeah, report. Um, yeah. Um, just sent you a note. I think we have a good plan on rescuing my, I see, you know, uh, no, I saw it. Yeah. Rescue my princess. And, um, for sure. I'm, I'm excited. I'm elated. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful today, um, rather than yesterday, but, um, put me down for 50 bucks on the challenge. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you, Ken. So, that gets us down well, to one thirty. That's welcome, tremendous. Man. I really well, appreciate you. Thank you. You don't have to thank me. That's radical self interest. I know, <laughs> I know, but I still say thank you because I know and I know that everything yeah, know. it all I represents mean, a we, sacrifice. We appreciate we appreciate every dollar we get. And you know um you know, I was really kinda of hopeful that um I introduced my daughter to the the rest of the family. Oh, I think that would be lovely. Um, that would be lovely. I, I hope you can as well. Yeah. Um, well, I really don't have anything other to say than that. Uh, but we can talk. If, uh, well, I can, I can give you a, uh, I, I took a, while the Green News report was on, I, I went back into the uh, mansion for a minute and just yeah. checked in, checked in on little Junie. And her mama told me that she has absolutely no congestion whatsoever and that she's very active and she's being a very happy little girl. So that's the, the that's, that's just wonderful, wonderful news. For sure. No, that's good news. And, oh, I just need her, I just need her to get all the way well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, and uh, I had, you know, I, I had, an, I, and you know, I should probably not whisper this stuff into the ear, the, the ear of the universe. But I'd said, I think, on Tuesday that I'd planned on going to a screening of the uh, the the 
the uh, documentary, the West Virginia documentary, Devil Put the Coal in the Ground, and I've decided not to do that because being the only automobile in the family, I can't get... I don't go very far away from here at all now. Yeah. Well, why should you? But, yeah, you would want to go, and I, I want to see that, too. Um, actually, uh, just going through my past podcast, uh, you know, the God's priority is already there. Uh, I just was listening to... Uh, your past pronouncements of that movie. Um, so that's interesting. I'm getting caught up though, Robin. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> caught up. Well, it, 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 now I think, uh, speaking of caught up, um, the, mo- the, 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 the most, har- the most hardcore member of the Horn family community congregation is I think our buddy, Andy, not Andy, the angry Jew. This is a different Andy. Uh, okay. uh, Andy, Andy out on the road, and Andy, last 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 Andy checked in with us. I think Andy was in July, and absolutely refuses to listen to a program out of order. So, uh, <laughs> yep, yep, I get it. That's that's me. <laughs> and like upset, and sometimes you yeah, a couple hiccups where. Uh, Something weird shit happened to your, uh, yeah, the gremlin machine, a ghost in the machine, rather. The police, great, great song. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, great I, album. I, I, anyway. I, I, yeah, I love that whole album. Yeah, for sure. Wait, it, now that's that's, get, that's not the one, no. Um, every breath you take still creeps me the hell out. It always has. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's some definitely, uh, there's just some great music there, and uh, the songs had meaning. Uh, today, not so much. I sound like, get off my lawn. Um, the young people, uh, whatever. And I don't, I, don't, I don't like dislike any music. And it's probably boring the hell out of everybody else talking about music. Because either, either carry or you don't. You know, I'd, I'd rather not do that. And I wouldn't judge anybody's taste in music. Uh, you know, you like what you like. Uh, oh, sure. I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. That's freedom. <laughs> freedom! Imagine that. Freedom. So, do you, 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 no, you said you you said you've got a plan. Um, do you have a time frame? Yeah, we're at the, we're going Monday. It's D Day. We're gonna I'm gonna have an overwhelming force. Um, for, uh, everybody that I can summon to be at Corey's back, and we're gonna move her out. Uh, a couple of people Good. are going to um, have uh, the camera on, and a couple of people are going to have their thumb on nine one one. Good. And then you got to have in, in these circumstances. Home. You absolutely have to have a plan. Yeah, 
And then, um, right, I'm telling them that I, I brought my friends to hold me back and I took you out, but actually, I'm gonna, we're gonna go get a PFA. And, you know, if you mess around with her again, yeah, you're going back to jail, motherfucker. And, you know, prison rape is, is a terrible thing, but you know what? Um, gee, I hope you get it. And that's awful. Uh, I don't, I'm not usually that way, but that's the way I feel. Uh, you're, 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 you're a daddy. You're allowed to feel that way. Yeah. Well, see, that's what I need. I need the affirmation. I'm, I'm daddy. You know, I screwed up before, uh, you know, divorce was bad. And, you know, most of it was my fault. And hopefully maybe uh, I can forgive myself. At some point, I, I doubt it, but <laughs> no, she was uh, my ex wife. I've been talking to her, I, I had to talk to her, and uh, boy, you know, it isn't about me, it's about her right now. But honestly, I feel that geez, I remember why I fell in love with her. And, I'm just tired. She's a freaking hot redhead. Uh, so easy there. Yeah. E- easy, easy there, Tiger. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, hormones. Uh, heart doesn't lie. Truth. Truth. Well, listen. I'm glad you've got a plan, and thank you so much for helping out on the challenge. That's huge. And uh, let's talk soon, and keep me posted on, okay, on, how, things, on how things work out, okay? I plan on doing it. I, I, I love all y'all, and I will talk soon. All right. Take care, Ken. Bye now. Goodbye. Our buddy Ken in northwest Pennsylvania. And so uh, if you want to jump in and get and be part of the conversation, uh, like I said before, I welcome you so to do. Um, oh, where else to go? Well, there, God knows there's plenty. Uh, it was, it, you know, we've we've talked in the past about the necessity for calling these freaks out when they get their freak on. Anderson Cooper laid into uh, former TV talking head Carrie Lake and did a pretty decent job on taking her down over the shitty things she said about the attack on Paul Pelosi. I've got the clip here. And I remember that study from a while back that showed that if if maggots actually watch other news sources besides Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, or Onan, the, na- the network that spills its news upon the ground, or Newsmuck, or any of those other sewers, they actually learn something and can be de-radicalized. 
the question is, how do you get them? That was a study where they were paid not to watch Fox News. The question is, how do you get them to do it voluntarily? Oh, and by the way, uh, Christopher just wrote in and said, Tuesday's virtual Election Day barbecue. Who's bringing the mayo guac? Well, you know, if I, if I go to the grocery store tomorrow and I buy some little green baseballs, they might be mashable by Tuesday. That or they'll be rotten, one or the other. And maybe, uh, maybe I'll bring the mayo guac. God, I hope Tracy's not listening. She's going to give me shit forevermore. For... <sighs> she wasn't real happy about the mayo guac the other evening, Christopher. Easy there, tiger. <laughs> you better watch your ass, tiger. Some Japanese pilot's going to flame your ass. My terrible Charlton Heston. Anyway, uh, to, uh, uh, well, Anderson Cooper. On Monday night on the... Hello is from... Oh, for God's sakes, we're going to get an ad. You lying bastards. I had it all queued up, and I, 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 guess, I, I guess there's a time element to this stuff. <sighs> so we can... Not the damn thing. It wasn't there a minute ago. Fuckers. Really? Hello, Medicare? Program. We played a video from a campaign event earlier in the day for Carrie Lake, the Republican candidate for governor in Arizona. Specifically, it was her response to a question about school security. During that response, she mentioned the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul. I want to play that exact same piece of sound again, and we'll explain why afterwards. It is not impossible to protect our kids at school. They act like it is. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. But oh, oh, so again, oh. that is exactly what this broadcast played Monday night. Now, Carrie Lake is saying that what you just heard was the result of what she called, quote, creative editing. Sina's resident fact checker, Daniel Dale, joins us now. So what else is Carrie Lake saying about her comments on Monday? She is claiming to reporters now that she never made light of the attack on Mr. Pelosi and that the idea that she did or that she said anything bad was solely the result of a despicable, deceptive editing hit job by what she calls the fake news media. Listen oh. to her comments. I never made light on the attack. I was talking about our children and why they don't have better security at school. And I said that our politicians have security and that our athletes have security and we need to have security Go back and look at the video. A lot of creative editing was done, okay? And I think you all know it if you were there. They clipped that that clip and made it look bad. And listen, nobody's... I didn't attack anybody. I want to provide security for our children at schools. Wow, she's just flat out lying. Yeah. Yeah, Anderson, the, the truth, I went back and watched that full video she insists we watch. It, it changes absolutely nothing. We'll show you that clip in a moment. What happens is she's asked a question about school security. She invokes the attack on Mr. Pelosi unprompted. Much of the audience laughs. The moderator chuckles so much that he's covering his face with his notes. At no point does she say, hey, hey, this is not a joke. I'm being serious here. or It's inappropriate to laugh. Just, just watch the clip. It is not impossible to protect our kids at school. They act like it is. Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection. 
but if our lawmakers have protection, if our lawmakers can have protection, if our uh, politicians can have protection, if our athletes, then certainly the most important people in our lives, our children, should have protection. Unfortunately, Anderson, this is a playbook we've heard a lot in the last few years. You make a comment that might excite parts of the Republican base, and then when that comment gets you in trouble with some other people, you just claim you never did it at all. I, I get her doing this. I mean, this is her shtick. Um, who's the guy interviewing her who covers his face like this is actually something funny? I mean, wh when did like human beings just become... Like when did we become like this? Why, how did, well, who's guffawing in the audience as if it's actually funny? I mean, I don't understand. Like, there's just nothing funny about anybody being hurt. It's, it's, I mean, I know I'm just rambling, but I just, I'm shocked. I guess I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm just, I mean, I'm not shocked by I her. I don't either. I mean, yeah. the, you know, uh, she's been faking stuff for a long time, but just the reaction of these people, like, on Monday night. Businesses nation. Okay, I don't know why he's shocked either. Were you shocked when you heard the maggots laughing about an 82-year-old man being beaten with a hammer? And he's right. You know, who's, who's the guy covering his face because he's guffawing so much? But this highlights the, 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 the essential problem. The politicians... are merely doing what they think the voters want. And as referenced on yesterday's program, this is nothing new. Was it 2008 or 2012 when cranky old Uncle Ron Paul was in, I think, New Hampshire, and there was a question about uninsured people? And he said, well, what, what should we do? Just let them die in the hallways? And every godforsaken Republican cheered, cheered at the idea of letting people in desperate need of medical attention die in the hallways. And it's noteworthy, of course, that this is all pre-Julius Geezer. He's hardly even a blip on the radar at that point in time. He did not create this problem. He exploited it. That's where we are. This has been a long time in the making. And the fact that Carrie Lake, God, she's so odious. And such a sleazy opportunist. <laughs> yeah, apparently didn't have very good security at the Pelosi home. Ho, ho, ho! I mean, you heard it, they just busted up a laughing. But ostensibly as she complained in that second clip she was just talking about school safety and our children but the fact of the matter is 
acceptable losses are Republican policy regarding the safety of our children. If you look at what the Republicans say when we talk about things like school shootings, you know, it's always a matter of it's always a matter of of, uh, mental illness or video games and never it's never about the the ease of access to firearms in this country. Hell, you gotta you gotta work harder to get a damn fishing license in this state than you do to get a damn gun. It's easier to get a gun in this state than it is to get a driver's license. But they they they, they the fact of the matter is. What do they do after we started at, you know, uh, I don't know, we weld the doors to the schools shut every day. What do we do? I mean, the kid, the kid who, who attacked the uh, St. Louis Visual and Performing Arts School came in through a window. Wonder if that's where Dave DePape got the idea. I don't know. But when we, we, you know, when we harden our schools, as they so masculinely describe it, what happens when school shootings keep on taking place? So we harden the schools and we get rid of the video games. And we still have school shootings. And we harden the schools and we get rid of the video games... And we make every teacher in the country strap heat, and we still have school shootings. What then? Well, what becomes apparent is what I've taken to referring to as the Republican doctrine of acceptable losses. And and when I say that, I think, for instance, about George C. Scott playing General Buck Turgidson in uh, Dr. Strangelove when he tells the president uh, giving him the estimates of deaths from a nuclear exchange ah Mr. President I'm not saying we won't get our hair must but 10 to 20 million dead tops this is the concept of acceptable losses In action. And so where the Republicans are concerned, because they do not wish to do a goddamn thing about the ease of access to firearms or the fact that 18-year-olds, you know, who, who, you know, moments ago were hanging out in an incel forum and were told to take the black pill and toddled off down the street to buy an AR-15, well, because the Republicans and the maggots are unwilling to do a damn thing about that, the fact that we will have continue to have Sandy Hooks and Uvaldes, got a little Uvalde story here, too. 
the fact that, and the Republicans know this, the fact that we will continue to have Uvaldes and Sandy Hooks and <sighs> St. Louis Visual and Performing Arts High Schools and Colorado, you know what I'm talking about. What that means in the in, in the long run, or, or just in plain terms, is that there is a number of innocent children, the loss of whose lives are acceptable. the Republican Party. Well, thoughts and prayers. Yeah, I hate it that that happened, but, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be a free country, uh, you got to, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to break some eggs or, you know, waste some youngins now and then. That is the entirety of their position, this party of life that gets all dewy and misty-eyed over a little hunk of something that looks like a little hunk of soggy popcorn that they think has a fucking heart. They're okay. They are okay that that, that Uvalde is acceptable losses. Sandy Hook is acceptable losses. And speaking of Uvalde, enter Kimberly Mata Rubio. Uh, Her little girl, Lexi, was murdered in the massacre at Uvalde. And she looked up one day and realized that her bag of fucks to give was absolutely empty. There wasn't even an echo in there. Because one morning, she got a call from the Uvalde School District. She's still grieving over the loss of the murder of her daughter, Lexi. But she got a call from the school district telling her to come to the school because her other daughter was wearing ripped jeans. Uh, Some functionary with the school district said, "Uh, bring either another pair of pants or maybe some leggings to put under her ripped jeans. It looks like the cuts are... A little too high up. Kimberly Mata Rubio didn't take that at all well. She said, one thing we're not going to do is dress code my 11-year-old for some ripped jeans. UCISD, the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District, focus on school security. Maybe if you had, my daughter, her little sister, would still be alive. 
Um, meanwhile, the school district is, well, as quiet as little, as quiet as little Lexi's tomb. Hi, uh, good morning. This is uh, elementary school. I'm, I'm calling. I, I have uh, your daughter here in the office. She was brought in by one of our principals. Uh, if, uh, if you can, please bring either another pair of pants or maybe some leggings so she can put underneath her pants. It looks like the cuts are a little too high up. Blah, something, something, something. Dress code, if you have any questions, you can. Yeah. And Kimberly put that out on Twitter right quickie. But again... This is what happens when you put Republicans in charge of public education. Not so worried about the fucking guns, but terribly worried about rips in a little girl's jeans. I mean, I don't get it. it it's been around. For, I remember years and years and years ago. God, it may have been 20 years ago when uh, I saw some report about a high, I think it was a, highfalutin jeans company in Tennistan or somewhere and the video showed uh, people from the jeans company hanging perfectly good pairs of jeans out on a clothesline and proceeding to blast them with buckshot to give them that beat all the hell look I'm 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 an old old, old cranky woman. Uh, I don't I don't understand why you pay extra and have your jeans ripped. But it's not my job to 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 critique fashion trends. Hell, who knows? If I ever find a pair of jeans that fit me, I may be wearing ripped jeans too. You know, I'll, I'll bet it's not exactly cold down in Uvalde yet, but yet somehow or another. The little girl was supposed to put on a pair of leggings under a pair of jeans. Jesus, she would have been miserable all day long. And so once again, the Uvalde School District has a lot of egg on its face. But the larger point, of the, the, the larger inquiry here is why people especially authoritarian people, continue to be so damned obsessed with how little girls dress. Why did the principal take notice of the rips in the child's jeans? Because that still makes me feel a little creepy. Why are you ogling the little girls, Mr. Principal? Are we? Do you vote Republican? Are we going to catch outside of a playground, you know, playing with Mister Happy? But the policing of women's clothing and the policing of women's bodies is one of those things that it has to stop. It is not a. It is not a girl or a woman's fault that boys behave like little shitheads over how they dress. Absolutely not. 
But here we are, and it happens all over the place. It happens all over the country. And that particular story is uh, is getting legs. So ripped jeans aren't okay. Well, guess what else isn't okay for a 12-year-old girl? And this comes out of liberal Washington State. Ford Middle School in Tacoma, Washington. 12-year-old little girl uh, had her mama called to the school because she wore... What? Sweatpants and a t-shirt. And that somehow was a violation of the dress code. There weren't even any rips in the sweatpants. She was wearing a t-shirt and a pair of sweats. That's it. And as she walked into the principal's office, she uh, fired up TikTok. What are you calling security for? Why are you reporting me? Because I can. You cannot. I can. But why are you calling security? Are you reported by a parent in the office? Yes. This is what I'm wearing. Yeah, security yeah. support. Ah! So they're seeing... Sweatpants and a t-shirt. That's it. And 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 uh, Mrs. Officiousness in the office called security because she was ruckusing. And then she kept recording when she was confronted by the prote- uh, uh, principal for her own protection. And I am done with it. So I am recording for my protection because I can't do it. Still there and I'm not giving you permission. That's what my attorney would say. Okay, that's so fine. You don't have permission to record us. And, and I'm still going to record. And we'll meet with Mr. Hester because right now. But she's still going to go to class. You guys not are right now. So you're right. taking so you're taking her education away over her dress code. So the principal's walking away at Ford Middle School yet again over the dress code. She's not going to sit in the office. She's not going home. She's going back to class. So who's going to send her back to class? The shaming never ends. And uh, so claiming that she couldn't record, well, then Officer Friendly showed up. Is it illegal to tape people in Washington State without their permission? No. I thought it was illegal to record people without their permission. Not really. I mean, we get recorded. Yeah, the guy saying, no, not really, it's not illegal. That was a cop. Because at that point in time, it had become war. Against a 12-year-old little girl. But meanwhile, people, uh, people said, oh, her shirt's too tight. 
really? It's ridiculous. And I know it may sound a little crazy. I hope it doesn't, but it may. This is tied to the same shit that's inside the Dobbs decision. This is all about reducing girls and women to second-class citizens. And let's make something clear. I would be saying this. I actually have a record of saying this. I would be saying this if, if I wasn't who I was. I would be saying this if I was a cis guy. This is ridiculous. Because all of these dress code violations for girls are predicated on the fact that somehow or another the young temptresses are making the boys unable to control their hormonal urges. And this is the same kind of crap that goes with forcing women in Afghanistan to wear beekeeper suits or making, uh, making Iranian women cover their filthy, sinful heads because it gives God a sad. And... Uh, Uh, then there's the mom of a kid who goes to Christian school uh, who described a, a, a policy of the Christian school where uh, every girl would have to have her underwear inspected before she could wear it to prom. They would need to send the dress in a bag along with the underwear in a Ziploc with the child's name on it to be inspected by the school. And then there was the school official who uh, was lifting up skirts of girls at a dance. That was about 20 years ago. But that assistant principal never faced any consequences. And again, the, the underwear inspection was for purposes of making sure that the little girls wouldn't entice the boys. Because boys can't be held responsible for their own behavior. Because Christians. And girls are beginning to push back. Tulsa, Oklahoma. A teenager at uh, Edison Prep. showed pictures that she had been dress-coded for. High-waisted sweats, blue jeans, sweaters, Henleys, T-shirts. Saying things like, the eyelets were too big.
This is sickening. This is misogyny. This is also the patriarchy bringing down the hammer. And the people who do this shit need to lose jobs, but the problem is, once again, the same thing with politicians. They are doing the bidding of their freakish constituency. And as the saying goes, everything is part of it. Well, Emilio, uh, there you go. Um, Guns don't kill people, Robin. The way people's genes look on other people kills people, but only metaphorically, guns are actually lethal. Yes. And so, moving on from that, let's... uh, Let's check in uh, on today in today in terrorist insurrections. Insurrectionist maggot uh, Jesus Rivera showed up in court, federal court in D.C. today before Judge Colleen Collar Cottley. Jesus Rivera said, uh, I do want to apologize to the Congress and the American people. I had no ill intent that day. My only intent was was to capture what was going on at the Capitol that day. Then the judge started reading Jesus' messages. She said, shortly after returning home from the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, the defendant sent a message saying, I can honestly say I had a great time referring to the insurrection. Mr. Rivera said, this is what we need. The judge went on to say he was a rioter and an insurrectionist, not just an observer. And then, well, then she dropped the hammer on the maggot insurrectionist. She gave Jesus Rivera just one month short of what the Department of Justice prosecutors had demanded that justice require. Nine months in jail. I'm telling you, that's a bargain for an insurrection. He was a rioter and an insurrectionist, not just an observer. To a certain extent, though, the judge's hands are tied. She can't order that he be charged with something worse. Uh, And he wasn't there just for just for video. Jesus Rivera is described as receiving a scolding from the court. The judge went on to say, uh, whatever remorse you express today cannot obliterate the damage to our democracy. He posted a mocking Uh, image of a weeping 
police officer, weeping police officers, and said, and then the man dressed up like a bear yelled, freedom, but like really loud. And even though somebody told him on video, we're not supposed to be here. It's all blocked off. Jesus Rivera uh, kept going and found his way to the front of the terrorist mob. Uh, What is not clear... even though he said he was following the crowd. What's not clear is uh, whether he was even charged with a felony to begin with. And along the way, uh, uh, Jesus Rivera was a uh, former Marine reinforcing the ongoing argument that we have here that, uh, you know, we have infiltration problems in the military and law enforcement in this country. And his pettifoggers hauled out his uh, combat service and injuries which led to his diagnosis with post-traumatic stress disorder and his eventual 90% disability rating. But somehow he didn't have any problem getting around there during the terrorist attack. Uh, And even the prosecutor himself said, a nine-month sentence isn't that long, but it does have some bite to it. Never again can we as Americans say we've always had a peaceful transfer of power. That's partly Mr. Rivera's fault. No more shining example on a hill. That's also Mr. Rivera's fault. Eight long months in the stir. Pettifogger said, he should not be incarcerated at all for what he did. He does not need any specific deterrence. He would never do this again. Well, you know, maybe we should make sure that he doesn't. Yeah, or maybe I'm just uh, mean that way. Meanwhile, at least one uh, uh, maggot secessionist GOP uh, candidate for office, Michael Perutka, we've talked about him in the past. Um, He's running for attorney general in Maryland. The actual attorney general's office issued a statement this week when video came out of Perutka's campaign manager, Mackie Stafford, telling supporters to show up late to polling places and create long lines to keep other 
voters, particularly Democrats, from casting their ballots. The Maryland AG's office warned the Perutka campaign, anybody who intentionally interferes with someone else's attempt to vote is committing a crime and is subject to prosecution. Because Mackie Stafford got stone-cold busted saying, vote on November 8th as late in the day as possible. If everyone could stand in long, long lines at 6 o'clock, that would actually help us. You might recall that uh, Michael Perutka is a former member of the League of the South. He has said that he's still pissed off that Maryland didn't didn't secede from the Union and remained a border state like Kentucky and Missouri. Naturally, because, you know, when you find out that one of these freaks believes one thing, it turns out they believe all the other hateful things, too. Uh, Michael Perutka wants to outlaw marriage equality and abortion because it goes against God's law. He also says that public education is a commie plot to transform America away from a Christian worldview. And this guy is the no-kidding nominee, Republican nominee, for Attorney General in Maryland. (sighs) Everything I see about most of the races here, with the exception of, say, um, Josh Shapiro versus uh, Doug We Love Israel Mastriano, Looks like the races are incredibly tight. Whether it's uh, Ron Johnson from Wisconsin versus Mandela Barnes, there's about and there's about four points that separate John Fetterman from Doctor Oz. Numbers not looking particularly good in Florida for Val Demings. High hopes for uh, Charles Booker in Kentucky seem to have evaporated, largely because the Democratic Party didn't support him. Tim Ryan and uh, phony hillbilly jerk deluxe Vance. Well, that race is tight, but people still expect jerk deluxe to be the winner there. You gotta love Ryan's uh, his uh, slogan though. We need an ass kicker, not an ass kisser. Because you know, Nitwit Nero said he kisses his ass. But the point of all of this is to po- is to say that the overwhelming support we need in order to crush this ugly fascist impulse in the United States of America (sighs) doesn't seem to be there. I hope I'm wrong. Look, there there are not going to be any surprises in the Confederacy. Well, maybe a couple. 
I'm still holding out hope against hope that maybe Beto can take down Greg Aspot and that maybe Ken Paxton, who is indicted for a felony and still the Attorney General of Texas, and I do not understand why or how, uh, could be beaten. But you know, no, nobody's going to. No Democrats are going to uh, shock the world and win a congressional seat against a Republican in Alabama. Stacey Abrams is struggling against uh, Brian Kemp, the vote suppressor, when he was Secretary of State. Georgia still is making it as hard as possible for people to vote. Wonder how many wonder how many people they'll indict for felonies uh, if they pass out bottles of water as acts of civil disobedience um, on November eighth. I wonder how many indictments there'll be in Georgia. You know, ordinarily you'd think that maybe a court of competent jurisdiction would look at a charge like that and say, "Get up, out of here." But that ain't that ain't how we roll in Merca in 2022. But we do have a chance. Tim Ryan and John Fetterman constitute two extra seats if Catherine Cortez Masto can hang on in Nevada. Those are the two extra seats we would need to render Joe to the mansion born and Kirsten Curtsy and Cinema irrelevant. Now Joe's never gonna as we've talked about so many times, Joe is never gonna switch to be, become a Republican. But I'm beginning to wonder if maybe maybe Curtsy and Kirsten might have a little might have a little bit of the Tulsi Gabbard uh, urge. Insider, because you know, that, that, I guess that grift is working for Tulsi Gabbard. Don't know. Hey, my pleasure, Christopher. Christopher just said, uh, "Thanks for another informative afternoon." You know, messages like that mean a lot. Not just to me, but to the wider community. We're part of something. And so now, uh, thanks to Ken jumping in on the challenge, uh, we're down to one, and, and, and Christopher jumping in, we're down to 125 bucks, $125 away from a massive doubling challenge that could wipe out uh, the fundraising goal, if my, if my cipher is correct, not just for this evening, but for tomorrow. And we got 29 minutes. For $125. Uh, note coming in from Darlene in Connecticut. Uh, talking about the, uh, or responding to the <sighs> sickeningly misogynistic dress code horse shit. Darlene says, and it opens the door for more rampant pedophilia. Every time that shit goes down in the school, the parents of the girl, if they care and have brains, must immediately and automatically file a sexual assault and battery report with the police, regardless of what the police do or don't do. Document and report each and every assault. 
Maybe maybe that's what needs to happen next. Maybe instead of be, and, and no don't not don't not get outraged, but just pick up the phone and say, my daughter has been sexually assaulted by a member of the school who is obsessed with how she's dressed. I mean, or or sexually abused, assault, complicated. Yeah, that's a great point, Darlene. Maybe it does constitute sexual abuse. Because she's certainly being singled out by reason of her sex. Funny how, uh, funny how that works. All these good God fearing, upstanding, Bible believing, Christ centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian, racists, and Republicans, and misogynists. So worried about our girls. But inherently seeing them as uh, nascent Jezebels out to out to distract the boys from their academic excellence. Oh, and by the way, uh, thank you, Darlene, for the clip. Barack Obama still has it. He can still he can still roast a uh, stupid Republican without much effort. And this is good. It at least provides a little bit of entertainment and satisfaction. Let me see if I can get to it. There we are. Oh, by the way, the uh, and, and and I mentioned earlier, Kathy Hochul fighting for her life in New York. She's she's fighting against a maggot creep by the name of Lee Zeldin. Staten Island, is it? This is a heck of a clip. Let's enjoy the moment. Now, here in Arizona, uh, there's no question that, that Katie Hobbs' opponent, she's good in front of the camera because she's been doing it for a long time. Right? So, some people don't know this, but uh, apparently Carrie Lake actually interviewed me back in 2016 when I was president. She was a, she was a local news anchor. She was doing her job. I, I have to admit... Uh, uh, I don't have, you know, a, a clear memory of the interview. It's a little fuzzy. But I, I do know this. At the time, I don't remember thinking that she was the kind of person who would push debunked COVID remedies or promise to issue a declaration of invasion at our border or claim without any evidence that the 2020 election was stolen. I guess that stuff came later because... She found it convenient because she thought, well, here's an opportunity to get attention. Listen, if we hadn't just elected somebody whose main qualification was being on TV, 
You could see maybe giving it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? Well, now we know. It doesn't just work out just because somebody's been on TV. Turns out, turns out being president or governor is about more than snappy lines and good lighting. It's about more than having a good anchor voice. It's about understanding what people are going through. It's about coming up with real solutions for how to make your life better. This isn't a reality show. If Carrie Lake is your governor, we know what she'll be focused on because Donald Trump told us. He said if somebody asked Carrie, how's your family? She says the election was rigged and stolen. That had to sting. Because you know Carrie Lake has a great big whopping humongous ego because, well, she was a TV news anchor in a pretty big damn market. And she's she, she's willing to lie outright about a clip of her, well, you know, the Anderson Cooper clip. It wasn't edited. But she's willing to lie. She'll, she'll lie to the rubes and the rubes will believe her because... Well, because rubes. What a Thursday. I wish you could see this stack. It's like it's like a hundred tabs long. Now, it's not prayer meeting Wednesday, but this is sort of interesting. From time to time, I talk about the fact that we, that, that, that Christianity needs to police its own. And maybe this is a bit of a beginning of that. The Religion News Service reporting that... Uh, Agree a group of uh, the heads of major denominations in the United States have announced that they sent a letter earlier this year to the January 6th committee in which these faith leaders implored the committee to look into this concept you know, eagerly embraced by the people, by people like Marginal Trailer Queen and Lauren Bobblehead Bubert, Clanny Oakley, uh, Christian nationalism, you know, Christian fascism, got middlings on the belt plate and all of that shit. And made an argument in the letter that Christian nationalism was central And played a leading role in the terrorist attack of January 6th itself. And if you want something that will absolutely make your eyes roll back in your head and go, what? Uh, The June 2nd letter was facilitated by an outfit called Christians Against Christian Nationalism which amazingly was actually orchestrated 
by the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. The letter that Religion News Service apparently got hold of said, The ideology of Christian nationalism helped motivate the, and intensify the insurrection. We ask the committee to thoroughly investigate the role that Christian nationalism played in the attack. This investigation into Christian nationalism is important so that history does not repeat itself and so that we understand this threat to our country's historic commitment to religious liberty and the importance of defeating it. And in point of fact, this outfit, Christians Against Christian Nationalism, had been campaigning for at least 18 months before the uh, terrorist attack took place. And uh, they said that's why they were so easily able to recognize the role that Christian nationalism was playing in the January 6th terrorist attack. They went on and said, uh, as Christian leaders who are deeply concerned about Christian nationalism and its danger not only to our constitutional democracy, but in its distortion of Christianity, we urge you to focus questioning and discussion on Christian nationalism and the role it played in bolstering, justifying, and intensifying the January 6th attack. And they go on to say that there are approximately 25,000 Christians who have joined the campaign to inveigh against Christian nationalism. And not to be a nattering nabob of negativity or anything, looking at the letter, there's one thing... Well, they, do, they don't say these people aren't Christians, but they do say Christian nationalism is a political ideology, not a religion. And therefore, it's not the same as Christianity. Finally, we're getting some language that sort of par- tracks parallel to what has been said about Islam for so long. You remember when the term Islamist was coined? And the argument was and the argument was made, and rightly so, that Muslim terrorists are not the same thing as Muslims. That they adopt a a, a, a sickening and twisted uh, vision, arguably a heretical vision, of their faith. Christian nationalism is a political ideology, not a religion, and therefore it is not the same as Christianity. The ideology, however, misappropriates Christian symbols and Christian language, including crosses, the Christian flag, prayer, and Bible verses. The term white Christian nationalism acknowledges that Christian nationalism often overlaps with and provides cover for white supremacy and racial subjugation. The Christian in Christian nationalism is not necessarily tied to religious belief. Instead, the term carries with it a host of assumptions of ethno-national identity inherent in the history of the United States, including who has historically held power in both religious organizations and in the government. Though Christianity is not the same as Christian nationalism, the latter has so infected 
I mean, this is fairly profound. The latter has so infected many Christian communities that it can be difficult to extricate Christianity from it. But to call out and criticize Christian nationalism is not anti-Christian. Indeed, it is our commitment to Christian values that leads us to work to dismantle Christian nationalism. And you, you, uh, and, and I'm, I have to guess that the Baptist Joint Committee for Li- Religious Liberty is not unorganized is not organized under the Southern Baptist Convention. This must be a different kind of Baptist, because they note that they produced a report, co-produced a report with the Freedom from Religion Foundation, titled "Christian Nationalism in the January 6, 2021 Insurrection." And that that report includes the most comprehensive accounting to date of the presence of Christian nationalism on January 6th itself, as well as the events and rallies in the days and weeks before the attack. It's a little shocking. But a little... Inspiring. No, this is not the Southern Baptist Convention because the uh, lead organizer of Christians Against Christian Nationalism is Amanda Tyler, Executive Director of the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. No, this is not. The, no, honey, no. No, this is not the Southern Baptist Convention because they're up to their hairy little earlobes in Christian nationalism. Reverend Dr. Paul Baxley, Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Reverend Jennifer Butler, Faith in Public Life, Dr. Anthea Butler, um, Geraldine R. Siegel, Professor in American Social Thought and Chair of Religious Studies at the University of Pennsylvania, Shane Claiborne, President, Red Letter Christians, Most Reverend Michael B. Curry, President, Presiding Bishop and Primate, uh, the Episcopal Church, Primate, Primate, you know, whatever, 220, 225, whatever it takes. United Church of Christ, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, Faithful America, American Baptist Home Mission Societies, um, Public Witness and Presbyterian Ministry at the United Nations, National Council of the Churches of Christ in the USA, Friends Committee on National Legislation, that would be your Quakers, um, Network Lobby for Catholic Social Justice, Vote Common Good, uh, Progressive National Baptist Convention, uh, Convención Bautista Hispana de te- Texas, Hispanic yeah, uh, Sojourners, um, and the Reverend Jim Wallace, Chair in Faith and Justice, McCourt School of Public Policy, Director Center on Faith and Justice, Georgetown University, and Reverend Samuel C. Tolbert, President of the National Baptist Convention of America International. Well, at least they are. Uh, at least they're calling it out. In 2019, they wrote another letter saying, "We reject this damaging political ideology and invite our Christian brothers and sisters to join us in opposing this threat to our faith and to our nation." 2019. And uh, they passed a resolution in 2019 
saying that violent rhetoric in the name of Christian nationalism is not a true Christian faith. Wow. They, it, I've only been asking for this for 20 years. Let the excommunications begin. It is idolatry, and we condemn it. That was the Lutherans. They also said Christian nationalism is a threat to the gospel and to American democracy. And then, wow, I had said that maybe I was the only person out here saying it, but no. Um, District of Columbia police officer Daniel Hodges among those who rushed to the U.S. Capitol on January 6th to defend it. When he testified um, to the J6 committee, noted the presence of Christian symbology, particularly the, 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 the uh, symbols that um, sort of overlaid faith with the U.S. flag or images of weaponry that the crowd was carrying. Officer Hodges is the one they tried to crush to death in a doorway as he screamed. And testifying, Officer Hodges said, it was clear the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians. Wow. And going back to the... uh, going, Going back to the story of the little girls in the various schools. It isn't just about the clothes. They're still coming after people of color about their fucking hair. When will white folks relax? Thanks, Ron and Raleigh. Uh, An article uh, he sends along. About, yes... Schools still screwing with primarily black girls or mixed-race girls about their hair. And a little girl who liked to wear her hair in an afro. One teacher looked at her and said, Your hair's getting too big. You're going to have to do something about that. Why don't you try chemical relaxer? By the way, there's a study out, I saw it a couple of weeks ago, maybe last week, that straightening chemicals primarily used by black women increase the risk of uterine cancer. So, in other words, the teacher said, to, uh, "Why don't you? Why don't you run the risk of uterine cancer to satisfy uh, white white people's obsession with black hair?" I I wish I could say I uh, I wish I wish I wish there was some easy answer to this. 
Oh, and uh, I guess we'll 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 wrap up with this one, and we've got $125 to go to meet a whopping good pair of challenges out there. I hope they don't go by the boards. We talked uh, in yesterday's program about Don Bolduck. Thank you, Ralphs, for sending this along. Uh, this is the guy who said that uh, somebody had told him that busloads of people were coming from Massachusetts to vote illegally in New Hampshire, and that somebody else and their kid told him about kitty litter boxes in the schools. He's a lion sack of shit and was proven to be so because after a uh, debate, Don Bolduck physically went after a uh, Libertarian Party activist and did it on camera. I'm sorry, before the debate. And then made a false report to law enforcement about the incident, which was all captured and can be seen. In the video, you can see him assault the guy. And then you can say you can see him lying to the cops about it. And then trying to pogo stick up onto the cross as the victim thereof. Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, our anonymous friend has is extended um, because Cat uh, in Ohio's challenge was met. And our anonymous friend has said, uh, um, I'll extend my challenge till 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time Saturday. Uh, our friend says they were hoping that there would be a fundraising free Friday on the front porch. And a reminder, because I think I said something about Eastern Daylight Time uh, in reference to Tuesday, uh, we go into the dark at least the evening, early evening dark on Sunday morning. This is the fallback portion of the program. Clocks fall back overnight. You get an extra hour of sleep, y'all, on Sunday. That's an extra hour to sleep in and not go to church. Um, most of mo most modern internet connected devices will self reset, but. If you've got anything that you've got to set manually, like, you know, my car, uh, you'll have to you'll have to do that. So thank you. Uh, thank you so much to Cat in Ohio for her 69th birthday challenge. Thank you so much, Cat, And thank you to our anonymous friend for the uh, $125 two-for-one challenge. Now, this challenge is a big deal because... If we raise the last $125, then voila, $250 gets added to it. And that's a whole day's broadcasting. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that gets knocked out. Maybe, who knows, maybe by the overnight crew. I don't know. Miracles do happen. So thanks, everybody. Thanks for all your well wishes for little Junie. 
I'm hoping she has a peaceful and restful night. It's just so good to have her home. For we do love her so very much. And her sister. Absolutely. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatsoever manner you may choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to Roger in Oregon for moderating this evening. Thank you to uh, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgistan popping in, too. Steve! Uh, thank you to our News Ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, brand new Fresh Malloy on the way in a little over an hour, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on dot live. Thanks, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, John Fox. Uh, uh, John Fox. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Oh, and uh, the uh, late breaking. Uh, thank you to Colin in Illinois, and thank you to Roger in Ohio. Our $125 fundraising goal is now down to, uh, let's see here, um, $40. bucks. we are 40 bucks away from meeting both challenges. Thank you so much. Thank you to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your flu shot. Watch out for RSV, especially if you're around little kids. Wear your mask. It'll protect you against all three especially when you're out among the great uh, maggot unwashed and unvaccinated. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And... uh, well, if somebody comes towards you down the street saying, you know, they, they edited that clip to make it sound like I said that. Avoid that maggot like the plague. Because she is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later. <laughs>